The strange future of Anne Soames was decided in an instant on the night of October 21st, 1864, when her governess, Miss Plimpton, discovered her in the throes of passionate self-pleasure. A little cry she could not suppress alerted Miss Plimpton, reading edifying religious pamphlets in her own room just next to Anne's, to the necessity of intervention. If Miss Plimpton had been a different sort of person, the discovery of Anne's lewd practices might not have resulted in such drastic action. But Miss Plimpton's character had a very religious bent. Moreover, Miss Plimpton's parents had beaten into her, at an early age, the firm precept that the parts of generation constituted a source of unremitting evil. The governess therefore immediately awoke Anne's parents in their bed, all the while scolding her pupil in a voice loud enough that all the servants could hear, and in such explicit terms that no doubt could exist as to the crime in which their young lady had just been discovered. "'In front of your mirror, no less,' Miss Plimpton shouted, "'looking at what you are doing. I have never even heard of something so lascivious, and I have been a governess these twenty years.' When Standish and Prudent Soames awoke, Miss Plimpton stood Anne at the end of their bed and commanded, "'You just tell your poor parents what I found you doing.' But Anne found herself unable to say a word. She could only shake her head and weep. At that Miss Plimpton pushed firmly upon the fair-haired Anne's shoulders, bending her over the foot of the bed until her elbows rested upon it. Her hairbrush was in her hand, and she raised Anne's shift, and began to spank her forcefully and quickly. "'That doesn't feel as nice, does it?' Miss Plimpton said, over Anne's cries and sobs. "'There you go, you little hussy! There you go! How do you like the consequences of your voluptuous little performance, miss? Are you going to tell your poor parents what you did?' "'Please!' Anne screamed. "'Please don't make me!' "'What is the meaning of this?' asked the mystified Standish Soames. He believed very strongly in the maintenance of discipline in his home, and in general he approved heartily of the way Miss Plimpton chastised Anne for the slightest infraction with the greatest severity, often including the strap and the cane in addition to a trusty hairbrush. But to be awakened in the middle of the night and made to watch Miss Plimpton punish Anne thus— seemed a little excessive. "'You won't even give your parents that little bit of respect, girl,' Miss Plimpton said sternly. "'Mr. Soames,' she said, ceasing the spanking for the moment, "'I am a decent woman, and I am afraid I must submit my resignation.' She brought the hairbrush down again to punctuate her words. "'Your daughter's lewd conduct does not befit a woman of turn, let alone a girl of her station. Please, please, Miss Plimpton, Anne screamed. I'm sorry. Miss Plimpton stopped spanking again, but only apparently so that she could concentrate on delivering her wrathful message to Standish. When it gets about what I found her doing, my reputation will be ruined as well, but so great is my love of virtue. 
that I will not hesitate. Any suitor for Miss Solmes' hand, I can assure you, will have the knowledge that your daughter cannot restrain herself from lewd practices that should send her to a reformatory school, if you will take my advice. A regular healthy dose of the cane is the only thing for her, but with such a girl one doubts that even daily thrashing will help. Whether they can cure her or not, though, at least she will receive the punishment she deserves for shaming you so. Miss Plimpton took eighteen-year-old Anne by the ear, then, and began to lead her out of her parents' bedchamber. I shall strap her well now, Mr. Soames, but that will be the last thing I do as your employee. If you take my advice, you will send for the doctor in the morning and pack her off to a place where they can whip some modesty into a—